Thessalonians chapter 5, and we're going to, heading down the end, they're handing those handouts, and boy, I'm glad you're here, but I'm glad God's here, amen. amen. And I tell you what, now let's just see if y'all awake. If you love God, say amen. amen. Boy, I tell you what, that's a little bit better, amen. If how many knows that God loves you, say amen. 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 <clears throat> I'm tell y'all now, I ain't pastor no dead church. I ain't pastor no dead church. If I have to call 10 men up here to get behind me and get to helping me, I'm going to do that, all right? Because I'll tell you right now, God is an eternal God with eternal power. He don't get tired. And I tell you, he's worth our being happy about. Amen. You know, when you've got a family and kids come to the table and some of them said, they're going, hey, something wrong. Hey, something wrong. I'll tell you what, my daddy would fix that, amen. Yeah. Well, you, God fixed that anyway. I, uh, First Thessalonians chapter five and verse, we're gonna kind of, let's take off here at these. We talk about what a gold mine this is, the last few verses of First, First Thessalonians. It said there in verse number 15, see that none render evil for evil unto any man. We preached on that. But ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and all men. Rejoice evermore. We preached on that last Sunday morning. Pray without ceasing. We pray, preached on that last Sunday night. Now, I'm not going to preach on this today, but we did talk about it around Thanksgiving time. In everything, give thanks. God didn't say be thankful for everything, but he said in everything, give thanks. He said, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, I wanted to preach on verse 19, quench not the spirit. And I may preach on it tonight. And uh, then verse 20 says, despise not prophesying, not preaching on that. Prove all things, hold fast that which is good, and then abstain from all appearance of evil. And so <clears throat> we're going to learn a bit memory verse. How many's got verse 16 down? Everybody got verse 16? Yeah. Let's say it together. Rejoice evermore. Boy, we're memorizing Bible right and left, aren't we? Verse number 17, we got that one. Pray without ceasing. Now I'm going to give you verse 22 as a memory verse today. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Let's say it again. Abstain from all appearance of evil. One more time. Abstain from all appearance of evil. What a wonderful verse that is. Now what I'm going to preach on today is chapter 5, verse 23, where it says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And going with that is verse 24. Faithful is he that calleth you, what is God calling you to? To sanctification, entirely or wholly of their spirit, soul, and body. And he said, faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. I wouldn't have any hope about the situation. If the, does anybody need a handout? They've got a few more. Does anybody need one? Right up here, need one. Right up here, Brother Marcus, wife there. Anybody else need one? I flag your hand, they'll get it to you. Now, what I've handed out to you today, I want you to go back with me, verse 23. Everybody, everybody here, here. Is everybody that's here, here? Here. All right, okay. And the very God of peace. Now watch that. Why did the Holy Ghost say God of peace? Because he wants you to have peace of mind and heart. Amen. He wants you to be at peace in the midst of an evil world, yeah. a sinful world. He wants you to have the peace of God in the midst of all that. And now he's going to tell you how that happens. 
sanctify you holy. Now that's not H-O-L-Y, that's W-H-O-L-L-Y. And it's talking about complete, the complete person, spirit, soul, and body, sanctified and preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now it's God that's going to do it in verse 24. Now the most, uh, this handout that you have, I'm really not going to be referring to it a lot, but I give it to you. It's got front and back to it, but it's a Clarence Larkin drawing and uh, it's a drawing of yourself. You have a spirit that's in the center and you have a, a, a soul that's the next circle and you have a body that's the outer circle. That's your tabernacle. Now it would do you well to study that and look up the scriptures concerning that because this has to do, the reason I give you this, this uh, drawing is because it has to do with the uh, work of sanctification holy. Now watch what he said, spirit, soul, and body. So I'm gonna divide this here <coughs> stage up into three sections right now. I'm going to say that this here, this here is my spirit. Man is a spirit. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must. You don't have an option. If you're really going to worship, you must worship God in spirit and in truth. That means you're going to worship him according to the word of God. He said, my words are spirit. You're going to worship him according to his word. You just don't worship God any way you want to. You're going to worship him through the Lord Jesus Christ. His offering, his sacrifice. But I have a spirit. Then the Bible said I have a soul. All right. Now I'm going to tell you something. Defining the soul to me is kind of difficult. You can see there on that handout that Clarence has got a deal there where it's the place of imagination, conscience, memory, uh, reason, and affections. It is also, I believe, where the mind's at because the battle is in your mind. Your daily battle as far as the flesh and the spirit and the devil and the world and all that is usually in your mind. But you have a spirit, you have a soul, and you have a body. Now, if you look on that thing, you'll see that there are gates to the soul. Now, watch this. You have gates to the soul. You have five senses. Eye gate, taste gate, smell gate, feel gate, and ear gate. All right, you have five things. The, watch this, the Bible said faith comes by. Hearing. That's the gate to your soul. Yeah. Satan will try to block that. Right. He don't want you to hear it. Yeah. But here's the, all the world, there's the eye gate. Yeah. And the world wants to put things in front of you to see. And let me just say this to you. Whatever enters in those gates is going to affect your life. Amen. What you're listening to, yeah. what you're seeing, yeah. What you're tasting, yeah. what you're smelling in spiritual discernment. You ever have something? Most something don't smell right. Yeah. Yeah. Smell is a discernment. That don't sound, there's something wrong with that. Yeah. See, all of these physical gates have a corresponding spiritual gate. Yeah. All right? Now, what's going on is when you got saved, we were dead and trespassing in sin. Jesus did not tell Nicodemus, you must be born of the soul. Right. He said, you must be born again of the spirit. Yeah. And God, this is what makes Christianity different than any religion in the world. God starts in the heart and in the spirit where the true man is. And he rebirths us. When you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, received him as your savior, God, the Holy Ghost, birthed a new man, born of the spirit of God, living in you. And now you're spiritually a child of God. That went on in your spirit. Now you still got that same old sorry low down body that you had before you got saved. Amen. 
And between that spirit and that body and those gates are your soul. And in that, so now there's going to be a battle between the world. And so here's how God works. Now, religion wants to work from the outside in. But salvation works from the inside out. And so God, and I want to ask God just publicly this morning to forgive me for not preaching on sanctification any more than I have down through the years. God has made me see it. I've asked God to forgive me and I'm going to correct it if I can. We're right here in the passage of scripture that God wants your whole spirit and your soul and your body. Now, the most unhappy people that I know about in this world are people who claim to be saved yet love the world. Battle, there's a battle and a war going on in their being, even though they might be saved, they don't want to, don't, they don't want to die and go to hell, so they're going to get, quote, saved. But they reject the product or the outworking of, the, of salvation into sanctification. And what they don't want is they want to be saved from hell, but they do not want sanctification. Now, sanctification is a big Bible word. Sanctify, sanctify, sanctification. It is in the Bible everywhere. I'm going to tell you a little history right now. Sanctification has been preached in churches and misused right. in Christianity. Right. There is a doctrine that was put out years ago, back around the turn of the century, uh, on, uh, called sanctified holy or sinless perfection. And what they taught was a second works of grace that, yeah, you were saved, but you needed to have a second work of grace called sanctification, and that would make you where you didn't sin anymore. That's not biblical, I'm sorry. And I've got, I've got sermons at the house written by some of the greatest preachers of those movements. And I'll be honest with you, just being honest with you, they did not believe in grace. They believe that they, you, could, you could have got saved as saved could be, but if you didn't get sanctified, you wouldn't make it to heaven. You had, I, I've got it. Anybody wants proof? I've got the messages in print that, that the major people who started that movement with. Now listen to me. Because of, it's just like being filled with the Holy Ghost. Because of the misuse of being filled with the Spirit of God, we tend to shy away from it. Because of the misuse of the doctrine of sanctification, we tend to shy away from it. We're kind of afraid. But I want to say something too. I want to get something out of my hair. I don't know why I said that for. I don't like to hear people make fun of women who wear modest dress and who have their hair in buns. Because there's a reason they do that. Now, I know that there's a lot of outward, quote, manifestations of sanctification that are nothing but an outward show. You can have a woman who wears a bun and long dress and she's mean as hell. Not submissive to her wife. (laughs) Boy, I mean, I must be getting old. Lord, have mercy. Forgive that one. Not so Mr. Husband, I mean, I got, she just, she's just a hellcat. But come Sunday, she got her hair in the butt. Now, Luke, but you listen to me, that a lot of those women love God. And most of those women are submissive to God and his word. And they read just, I didn't pine this out. You just got through reading about her long hair is her glory. And that woman's got her hair up in a bun because it's cooler. Yeah. Maybe out working. But she also knows that her hair is the glory of God. And when she's at home and with her husband, she'll let that hair down. 
Can I tell you something? Just because a woman's got her hair up in a bun and wearing a long dress and she's modest does not mean she's, that, she, that she's not a good lover to her husband. She's, that doesn't mean she's a prude. You listen to me. We better get some things straightened up in our life. We've let, we've let the devil tell us, oh, they just put on a big outward show. They got a long dress on sleep, but I tell you, rah, 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 rah. You know where that comes, you know what? They're just, they're just trying to live what the Bible said. The Bible said a woman ought to dress like a woman, ought to dress modestly, ought to have long hair. They're just doing what the Bible said. Why, wanna, why do we want to condemn them for trying to obey the Bible? Why do we want to let maybe two or three hypocrites run the whole show for? Yeah. And I tell you what we've done, we've moved away from sanctification. Now let's talk about sanctification here a little bit this morning. But there's a war going on about sanctification. Father, help me preach today and glorify your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. As I said, the great curse of the church is they want to be saved and forgiven, not go to hell, but they reject and even despise the doctrine of sanctification. Churches, I want to ask you a question. When's the last time you heard a Bible message on sanctification? Has anybody heard one in the last year? Raise your hand. I want you to look across here. If you went in the Church of America, I tell you, this blew me away when God opened my eyes to see this. God says, Reggie, the Church of America know, they know something. These, these false prophets know something. If you ain't careful, buddy, you'll get sucked into it. They know that if you preach salvation, you can be saved, don't have to go to hell. Come on in. Okay, we're coming in. But they never preach on sanctification because if they did, the same people walked in and move out. They do not preach on the doctrine of sanctification has been abandoned by the church because we know we'll lose people by preaching it. And I want to say something. I'm thankful to the old men of God who preach sanctification. Because that's what kept this country, that's what kept this country with Christian influence and salt until we quit preaching on it in the 60s and the 70s to accommodate the modernity in our churches. And so sanctification, but let me say something to you right now. Sanctification is not a bunch, I don't know, I just need to stay with mine. If I, I get wound up here. What is sanctification? Sanctification, there's three aspects to it. You have it there on your handout. When you got saved, born again in the Spirit of God, that is positional sanctification. Amen. All right? That saves you from the penalty of sin. Right. All right? You're in Christ. That's positional sanctification. I was saved out of this world, put in Christ, and I'm sanctified in my salvation. Remember, though, we have a soul. God says, I want your whole spirit soul and body sanctified. Listen to me. Please get a hold of this. He said, Reggie, there's a sanctification of the soul. And he said, now because you're saved and because you're sanctified in the spirit, I want the work of the Holy Ghost done in your soul. What's that mean? Well, if you look at your hand out there, it means that your imagination is controlled by the Holy Spirit and it is submitted to the word of God. You just don't let it run with any junk you want to. It means that your conscience is tender and, 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 and responding to the preaching of the word of God and the word of God itself. And you try to keep a clear conscience. You confess your sins to God. All right. Your memory. You try to keep in mind the right things. Put away. Paul said there's some things you need to forget and there's some things you need to remember. Also your reason. Come now let us reason together saith the Lord. 
And then your affections, set your affections on things above. What's going on? It's sanctification of the soul. How I think, how I, how I, how I reason, my, my worldview about things. And here's what the deal is. God wants me to have the mind of Christ, not the mind of the world. So in every issue that comes up, the now a sanctified person will say, what does the Bible say about this? And I want to be submissive to that. We'll get some things here in a little bit. The Bible, now the sanctification of the body is when we receive a new glorified body at the resurrection or the translation. So you have a, 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 a salvation that is positional in Christ now. You have a, salva, a sanctifica, sanctification, I'm sorry, and a sanctification of the soul, which is ongoing in your life. When you got saved, you're to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is sanctification, being set apart unto God. All right? You had the prophetic aspect of your body will be raised in glory. So you're saved from the penalty of sin in your born of the spirit. In your soul, you're saved from the power of sin. And then you'll be saved from the presence of sin. Yeah. Everybody kind of, that makes some sense. All right? Now the Bible said for the saved person, it is God that worketh in you both the will and do of his good pleasure. Amen. God does this as we yield and surrender and repent as he deals with us, all right? There is a danger in Christianity of excusing our sin because of our old man and our flesh nature. Listen to me carefully. This is what you get into fundamental churches a lot. They just justify the rejection of sanctification in the sense that, well, that's my old flesh. And I, well, you know, yeah, yeah, I know all about that. God does too. But God does not give that as an excuse for not being sanctified wholly. Amen. Completely. God doesn't say just, well, yeah, you know, it's just going to be that. Yeah, there is. But God wants you to have power over that. Yes. You can't tell me that. Now, listen to me. That Bible teaches clearly the only thing that we have victory in Jesus Christ. That in sanctification, we don't have to be overcome by this world. We're more than overcomers. And we can live holy. And we can live righteous. And we can have a desire to do what's right. Now, let me tell you something. Sanctification is this. It is God separating us from this world unto himself. Now, it's not a separation where you go off and live in the mountains and don't see nobody or talk to nobody. It is a sanctification where God separates us from the world unto himself. All right. So it's separated from unto. I've left the world and its ways, its thoughts, its fads, its fashions. And now I come to Christ and he sanctifies me. And here's the wonderful part about it. It's by the joy of the Holy Ghost and the love of God. The same Holy Spirit that saved you is the same Holy Spirit that will sanctify you. And I'm telling you something. True biblical, Lord help me, is the work of God, the Holy Ghost, in conforming us to the image of Christ. Changing us to where we used to rebel and disobey and fight God and rationalize and justify why we did what we did. It's changing us to saying, dear God, I want to be more like Jesus. Lord, I don't want to be like that anymore. God, would you change me? God, would you work in my heart? It is God that worketh in you both the will and the do of his good pleasure. I tell you what, if you're cussing, God will take the cussing out of you. If you're pornography, God will take the pornography out of you. I mean, if you're angry, God can take the anger out of us. My wife told me this morning, Reggie, the same God that can deliver a man from alcohol and drugs can deliver you from anger. Yeah. 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 
Yes, sir. Amen. So it's hypocrisy. It's hypocrisy for me to preach that God can deliver you from drugs or alcohol and not deliver me from anger. God wants to set, sanctify me and it's for my good and for my blessing and for the glory of God, amen. God also, it's a desire to be changed to obey the Lord where I have a happy obedience to God. It's not, oh boy, I can't steal anymore, I'm a Christian. No, it's not that, amen. He's changing us to obey and honor the Lord. By the way, I'm not gonna preach it now, but God's dealing with me. There's a difference between obeying and honor. You might obey your mom and daddy, but do you honor them? You might obey God, but do you honor him? Well, anyway, it's a happy yielding to the word of God. If the Bible says it, I like it. I love the truth, amen. amen. If it rubs my cat the wrong way, it's too bad. I need to turn my cat around, amen. amen. Oh, Billy Sunday said, you know, the preachers are preaching. And he said, you get the fur rubbed the wrong way and you get all blurred up. He said, get, repent and your hair fur will lay down straight, amen. amen. Listen to me this morning. I'm talking about sanctification. Separating for a happy yielding to the word of God is the God's authority in my life. And you know what? I can say an honest truth. I'm sorry, I'm a sorriest Christian, a sorriest preacher in this country, but I do love this Bible and I do love the truth. And if it hits me between the eyes, I still like it, amen. I may not obey, be, I may not have all the sanctification I need and, and should have, but I'm still glad I'm headed in the right way, amen. Can I tell you something? It's not where you're at this morning, it's where you're willing for God to take you. And I want God to take it, I want God to take lust out of my mind. I want him to take anger out of my heart. I want God to take bitterness out of my heart. I serve a God who is all powerful and God didn't save me to let me sit in the bitterness and anger and lust and the garbage of this world, amen. God saved me to sanctify me so he could show other people what he could do in a changed man's life. God help us to, God help us to embrace sanctification. God, I, I don't want to just not go to hell, but God, I want to live for you. I want my heart to be right. I want my mind to be right. I want to have a right attitude toward the things of God. Amen. If God gets after me in the middle of the night, God help me get on my knees and get it right. Amen. Sanctification of the Holy Ghost will give you a love for truth and a love for righteousness and a hatred for evil. Amen. Sanctification is not law. Sanctification is not letter. Listen to me tight. Sanctification is not self-righteousness. It's not looking spiritual on the outside and a hellcat on the inside. Sanctification is not denominational rules, religious rituals or service. Sanctification springs out of the love of God, giving grace to you and I to change who we are, to conform us to the image of Jesus Christ. I'll tell you, but listen to me. The apostle Paul is on the road to Damascus. God struck him down there. God saved him. I'll tell you from that time forward, Paul spent his life letting God sanctify him. I'll tell you, God took him out of that world, took Paul unto himself. Oh, let me tell you something. We need to get out of this stinking world. I'm warning some of you families. I love you with all my heart. <laughs> you don't get a hold of this. You're gonna, you're gonna cry on your pillow at night. You don't get a hold of this. You're gonna weep in your yard because you wouldn't let God 
God. You didn't love God enough to let him take you away from this world's fads and fashions and entertainments and the junk that this world is killing you spiritually about and it's going to destroy your family. I'm telling you, sanctification is so important to the church. We can't even hardly grasp it. But God has called us out a people unto himself. And he does it by love, not by force. Sanctification affects the whole person. Starts in the spirit. Works out to the soul. And then that works out to the body. Brother Terry, when I got saved, everything didn't happen overnight as far as what God did. But over time, somebody, uh, you should have been here Wednesday night. Brother Josh got to preaching on the preacher. And he said, I couldn't believe this. I couldn't believe it. He was going to preach this Sunday morning. He got up here behind the pulpit and said, I started coming to church here. He said, I wore shorts. Wore my hat backward. He said, I knew Reggie Priest against that, so I stopped it because I want to be submissive to the authority of the church. Woo! He said, I don't view, correct me if I get this right, maybe not view those things in the same way I do. But he said, to, to keep from having, you know, disagreements and division and strife and giving Satan space. And he looked at his kids and said, you've never seen me wear shorts since we started coming to this church. Not for my sake, but for Jesus' sake and a higher cause than his own personal life. Are you listening to me? Let me just tell you something. When I got saved, I was listening to Johnny Cash. I know you young kids don't know who this is. Dolly Parton, Willie Nelson, Lukenbach, Texas, Waylon Jennings. Did you know it didn't take God very long? The Holy Ghost said to me, Jerry, Reggie, you don't need to be listening to that junk. You don't need to listen about a guy sitting by another man's wife at a bar. You don't need to be listening about a guy running off with another man's wife. I don't tell you all they ever sung about is drinking beer, sitting at the bar and getting in with some other woman. That's all they ever sing about. At least that's what I remember. And I tell you, and you say, I, I, I wasn't a bunch, I didn't feel like God was going, no, that's a rule, you have to obey a rule. You know what I said? God, that's good. Bunch of junk anyway. Amen. 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 Happy obedience. Yeah. I didn't go, well, I ain't doing it. Nope. Show me in the Bible, God, where it says don't listen to country and western. <laughs> Show me. Yeah. Not there, is it? No. But abstain from all appearance of evil is. Yeah. And that's why God showed me this week on both, on all around this verse is all those little short verses we're memorizing. They deal with sanctification. Rejoice in the midst of suffering, sorrow, sickness, whatever it might be. But all around it is this evidence in the process of sanctification. Well, sanctification, it's an act of God's love and his grace whereby the affections in the soul are changed. The old timers used to do it this way. The things I used to love, I don't love no more. For the Lord made a change in me. And the places I used to go, I don't go no more. Y'all, I know that may not sound like a church song, but it is. Amen. It's the outworking where the affections and the desires and the likes are changed from what it used to be. And you just want to obey God. If you learn it, you come to church and read you preach on something, instead of getting your hair all messed up, you say, bless God, didn't know that in the Bible. Let's just change the way, but honey, we're going to get rid of them rock and roll records. 
We're going to get rid hey, abstain from all appearance of evil. Get rid of all the most stinking nasty uh, lifetime mo movies. Oh, I know you like that Christmas show. Them lifetime movies. Let me give you a little heads up on the latest news at Lifetime. This first time this Christmas is having same-sex couples in their Christmas movies. Don't ever expect anything good out of Hollywood. They're just setting you up to stick to you after a while. Setting you up to get to watch it so they can bring in their filth into you after a while and you take it. Outward, it's an outward working of the spirit to the soul and then to the body. To set apart unto God, to make holy and pure and clean, aligned with God's word. God's the one who does it by the Holy Ghost and in joyful obedience. You see this picture in Christ in the church. In a marriage illustration, Christ in the church. I've, I've asked Rosanna, I didn't talk to you, but I did your husband. Could you guys come up here for just a minute? Now this may get a little rough and tough, so hang on to your saddle, all right? Saint, hey, we understand sanctification way more than we think we do. Yeah. Sanctification is really, really, literally easy and easily understandable. How long have you guys been married? A little over four months. A little over four months, all right. Y'all act like you love each other. So I'm holding hands, she's got his hand too. You afraid he's gonna get away from you or what? <laughs> all right, now, I wanna ask you a question. And best you can answer it. When did you fall in love with him? Or did you fall? Or just walk right into it? Hmm. Did you know that sometimes you can't even remember the moment God saved you? The moment the Holy Ghost changed you? There came a point in time, something happened about that guy, didn't it? All right, now, I, uh, I want you to come over here, Sister Rosanna, and stand right here. And I want you to get over, and I need five young men to come up here. Five young men. Come on, let's go. Five young men. Anybody that wish you'd have married her instead of Caleb? I'm, I'm sorry. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Over here, guys. Over here. Over here, over here. Sanctification is simple. Easiest thing you ever saw in your life. All right, guys, line up over here. Line up out there. Look your best. All right. Okay, now, Rosanna, we're going to pretend for just a minute that you're at that point in life where you're making some serious, serious decisions. Now there's this guy standing over here and I want you to turn and look at him, would you? And I want you to give him a loving look. Would you give him? I won't let nobody see. All right. Now let's say that back, this is, this is a year ago, not four months. You said four months, all you've been married? Boy, we're gonna go back 12 months. Rosanna, she's a Christian. She's been saved. Spirit, and, 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 and this is representing Christ. She represents the church. She represents the believer. And he, you, give her, you give her a look of, I love you, baby. <laughs> All right. Now, Rosanna, I want you to take a couple steps toward him. And I want you to stop because I'm going to be the devil and I play this part really good. <laughs> Rosanna, I want you to turn around and look over here. Woo! Woo! <laughs> now, Susanna, I want you to walk back over here a little bit. You're in a battle. Now, come on. Now, we're not going to get too close, so don't worry about it. I'm between you and these guys. But Sus Su Rosanna had to make a decision, folks, and it's called a sanctification decision. She had already accepted Christ as her Savior, but these guys represent the world Amen. and the lust of the world and the lust of the flesh. 
And you want know Susanna happened, Rose, Susanna. Rosanna, one day, the Holy, you, are you listening to me? I want to ask you, did your daddy tell you that you had to marry him? Did, you, did your mama say, you couldn't marry that boy whether you like him or not? No. Well, how come you married him then? Because I loved him. Did you hear that? Did anybody not hear it? Because I love him. Why is she going to him? Now, but wait a minute, Rosanna. Do you understand that they may be going to a rodeo next week and you're going to miss out? Care less. You could care less. <laughs> I mean, they're going to go to. Huh? They're going to a tractor pull. <laughs> Got her now, amen. Don't you want to go to tractor pulls with these guys? <laughs> this is working out real good because the devil's going to put some stuff there that you like that you really can't see. Is there something wrong in the Bible? Thou should not go to tractor pulls. But you you like to do that. But let's say he's not into tractor pulls. Are you into tractor pulls? Not really. eh? (laughs) This is working out so good I can't believe it. But here's what had to happen. Are you listening to me? I'm talking about sanctification. Now, I had a talk with your daddy and he said he wanted you to marry him and I had to talk to your mom and daddy and they said, you, you know, I'm telling you, pastor, you need to marry this guy. How's that going to go over? It's not going to go good. I'm going to say something to you. If you don't already love the person you're fixing to marry, you're fixing to have a lot of trouble. But now let's just, well, let's just we're going to do a little deal here. Rosanna really is marrying Caleb because he's loaded with money. <laughs> or at least that's what she thinks and has heard. And she's thinking, man, alive, we'll have anything we want, go anywhere we want to. And watch this. And she marries him for the wrong reason. Did you know what you're going to have on your hand? Is a false convert. If you came to Christ for all the stuff he can give you and pass out candy, he, he's your slot machine. You didn't come to Christ. You came to what he can do for you, but you didn't come to him. But let's say that she's, you know, she, she's, she's been saved. She trusts Christ and she doesn't want to die and go to hell, but she wants to go to Jackson Hole. Tractor pool. Okay. Now, I want to ask you this question, and I'm trying to be easy again, but do you remember anything about the time of period in your life when you just said, you know what, I, I love Caleb and I'd like to I hope we can be married? Do you remember that at all? <coughs> Maybe not. It just kind of happened, didn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know what I want you to do, Rosanna? I want you to try and come over here with me. I want you to look to the guys. And that represents all the world can give you. And it represents all that you could do and, have, and be free to do if you went with him. But you've got a decision to make. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to ask you right now in front of this whole auditorium, where are you going? That way. See you. <laughs> Very good. <of> you. <laughs> I want you to listen to me. Did you know why I asked God to forgive me for not preaching on sanctification? Yeah. Yes, and I want to tell you all who listen to me tight. There are, in fundamental circles, this deal about getting you saved and then 
we have these standards in our church. And we try to make them force on people. And I want it said clearly from this thing, and, and I'm gonna be honest with you, in practice, I always knew better, but I'm afraid it came across as law and letter and because of whatever. And I knew better, and I'm gonna tell you why, because I am such a stubborn person that apart from the love of God, you could have never made me quit some things. Karen, when we first started dating, did I not know nearly every rock and roll song in the country? That's the most you'll ever get out of her while I'm preaching. <laughs> she said, he said, you know every song on the radio. But when God saved me, Randy, yes. there wasn't no preacher got up and said, now Red, you got saved, you ain't listening to that rock and roll no more. That's right. You know what happened? God did a work of love. And it was them or him, Christ. And I'm telling you this morning, if, I don't, if you don't get anything else in this service day, I nor no other preacher can preach sanctification in you. It's going to have to be a work of love. Do you know, do you know, do you know what will happen to you when you fall deeply in love with Christ? You wake up in the morning, you don't talk to him. You want to get a Bible open, have breakfast with him, amen. You read things in your Bible, hear things preached out of the Bible, and you, out of love. Yes. Not, you've got to do this. <laughs> You'll start making changes in your life. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. There may be some places. I, I don't, uh, Sister Dolores Evans, you're here, ain't you? Dolores, tell these people, I'm going to tell you right now, I love a banjo, five-string banjo. I mean, I love a five-string banjo. And I played banjo for years and years. I got one of the best banjos. Do I not have one of the best banjos in the world out of my house? It's an old Baldwin old banjo, arch top. That sucker can snap. I paid $350 for it without the case, carried it in my pickup, made payments on it until I could take it. I paid $5 a week on a stupid thing going to college for that good thing out. That's how rich I was in college. <laughs> but Dolores, after I surrendered to preach, did you notice something? Yes, sir. There ain't nothing wrong with the banjo. I I heard my husband say several times, you were one of the finest banjo pickers in the area. And when you started preaching, it wasn't that there's something bad wrong with the banjo. Are you listening? But it's like God said, Reggie, are you willing to lay that aside for my sake? Yes. And I was like, Lord, I can't see where it's some big sin. It's like God said, Reggie, it's not. But there are some things you need to lay aside for my sake. It's Amen. different now. Amen. And I want to tell you, as much as I love that banjo, I love my Lord more. Amen. And I didn't fight him. And I didn't fuss with him. And I still pick it once in about twice a year. I think I'll bring it tonight. <laughs> but, but it was just... A, you know, what, you know what Hebrews says, 12? He said, laying aside every weight and the sin. Everything's not sin, but it might be a weight. But here's what troubles me in American churches. We all don't want to go to hell. We all want to be saved from the wrath of God. But when it comes down to a personal preference we have about 
what we're going to watch, where we're going to go, how we're going to appear, what we're going to dress, so forth. God ain't telling me. That's where sanctification needs to come in. That's why there's so many miserable Christians. That's why there's so many miserable Christians. Uh, here a while back, there was a post come up and had this Christian. It had two step ladders. I wished I had them here now. And the Christian went up the first two steps on each ladder and he'd find. One ladder was the world. One ladder was Christ. He took another step up on both rings and he's still okay. He took another step up the rings. He was still okay, but it was getting like this. And then finally, no more. You are not, let me just tell you something. You don't have a choice about this. God said he was going to do it. So you can either, you'll, you know what he does in doing it? He makes you find out who you are and who you're not. And I want to tell you what scares me is God makes it clear that sanctification is a part of and a absolute movement of your salvation that if you are saved, there's going to be sanctification. And if you reject and fight sanctification all the time, there's probably a big problem about your profession of faith. This is why, now listen to me, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm all for children getting saved, but you better be very careful about that child. That child will come forth and you make a profession of faith and you know, and then later on, like they get, they get to be a teenager, they have no interest in things of God. They hate church hate Bible preaching, love the world. I want you to listen to this. The, if any man love the, love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Amen. Whosoever love, if you love the world, you're an enemy of God. Amen. And sanctification is a happy work of the Holy Spirit. Yes. The happiest people you've ever seen are people that are letting the Holy Spirit of God sanctify them. That's, and we're not talking about, I'm super spiritual because I, I that's, why, that's why we rejected it because we don't want to be nailed as being superficial and super spiritual. And we're almost afraid to use the word saints. It has to do with sanctification, been set apart unto Christ. Does anybody have a problem with this? How many would say that's good? How many would say, when I get married, I, I, I don't want them looking at their old boyfriend. I don't even want his phone number in her phone. Why? Because a marriage picture of Christ in the church, the individual believer is a picture of marriage, and you were to be, we're to be uh, that's why I said, uh, you promise, do you vow to keep the only unto him as long as you both shall live? It's saint, that's what sanctification is. Well, now I'm just going to tell you, R Rosanna, your old boyfriend days are gone. I want you to do this. She ain't doing that very well, is she? Now, just for, just for, you know, okay, don't hit me. Okay. I want you to just kind of pull away from me a little bit and look over there. Okay. Now, how do you like that? I don't like it very much. Don't like it very much. Do you, you know why you may not be getting prayers answered? Because you're doing this. You came to Christ. But you could you get your eyes over here on the world. And, and you want to be so accepted by them. And you want them to approve of you and like you and be accepted by the world. Satan pulling you away. 
you go back over and hug him. <laughs> Folks, it's 11.54 and I'm about 25% into the message. We're going to stop right here. I'll finish it tonight. Tonight we're going to have a lot of verses on sanctification up on the wall. I want you to take your songbooks, these songbooks here, and Joel, if you'll come to the piano. To page number 26, I believe it's called Glorious Freedom. Yeah. Glorious Freedom. Don's in. This song, now, now listen to me carefully. I do not believe in, in what is defined as a sinless perfection, sanctified holy state that you get into, you never sin no more. I don't believe that. Yeah. Bible didn't bear that out. But I'm going to tell you what I do believe. I believe that we have missed the boat on sanctification and we've using the flesh as an excuse to not live holy. Yeah. And we're letting, what's the Bible said in Romans chapter six? Shall sin have... Shall I continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. The whole chapter of chapter six is after salvation is about sanctification. Chapter seven is about your flesh. You're still going to have problems with it. But chapter eight is about victory over it in being sanctified unto God. It's in the Bible going ABC. Boom, boom, boom. Now I'm going to tell you something. I got on my knees this morning four or five times. My wife, she could witness what I'm getting ready to tell you. I was in my study and, and I was on my knees. And I was fighting God. I said, God, how can I go preach sanctification when there's areas of my life that I'm not separated, you know, that I just, you know, and we talked about this. And so I want to tell you all something this morning. I've been on my knees. I've been asking God, God, some specific things. I want the Holy Ghost to do a work in this man's heart that takes that tendency and sin out of me to where I want to love Jesus so much and it's such a work of the Lord. It's not a pain. And I've got one specific area that I'd really like God to take care of and that's anger. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I get up here and preach on drugs and drinking and blah, 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 blah and everything else and won't preach on my own anger. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I believe that God can sanctify me. And I want to ask all of you to pray for me that God will take anger clear out of my soul. Amen. This morning, we're going to have an invitation. Look, why don't you look at this song with me? I will say this here much. I appreciate you guys. That's a pretty tough deal to do. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hang on to him. Hang on to her. You've got a pretty good deal going there. You're, you're, all, you're a worldly bunch. Sit down. Huh? <laughs> Thank you, guys. Appreciate it a lot. It's that simple. Amen. Yeah. Did you know what? What's, somebody tell me. Bible class. What was the motivating factor in her decision? Love. 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 You cannot have a set of rules. You cannot have a set of standards. They may be biblical, but if they're not done by the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to tell you parents something. Listen to me carefully. In your children, yeah, you need to have standards at your home. You need to be said, this ain't happening, this ain't happening, whatever. But when you see a heart that's turned, you need to pray the Holy Spirit of God to be the one to turn them. Because unless God turns them by the power of love, they'll never turn. But I will tell you this much this morning. If you'll fall in love with Jesus Christ, if you'll love him, 
sanctification is not a hard thing. Not a hard thing. I want you to look at this. This song was written in 1917 by a Nazarene preacher. Don. Everybody got it up. You got a chance to put it up on the board, guys. It's called Glorious Freedom. And you can start playing it just. I want you to look at it. This guy. Now, let me say something to you. I may catch some flack for this, but I can't help it. It's been flack coming ever since I started preaching anyway. In the Nazarene original doctrine, they were strongly believed in the second works of grace where you got saved and then you sought the Lord and prayed through till he did a work of sanctification in you. And I'm going to say something to you. I don't, I know they did not have things down biblically correct all the way, but here's what I will tell you that in sometimes in innocence and in sincerity, I, I know some Nazarene people that are godly, godly people. I tell you, they love the Lord. And they want to please God. And what I don't want to do, I don't want to throw the baby out the wash water. I want God to sanctify my mind, my thought processes, my heart. But I want you to look at what this Nazarene preacher wrote. Let's look at it. Once I was bound by sin's galling fetters, chained like a slave, I struggled in vain. There it is. That's why we, we can't do it. But I received a glorious freedom when Jesus broke the fetters in twain. Freedom from all, look at that, carnal. This man knew something, what he's writing about. Free from all carnal affections. Freedom from envy, hatred, and strife. Freedom from vain and worldly ambition. Freedom from all that saddened my life. Freedom from pride and all sinful follies. Freedom from love and glitter of gold. Freedom from evil temper and anger. Glorious freedom, rapture untold. Freedom from fear with all of its torments. Freedom from care with all of its pain. Freedom in Christ, my blessed Redeemer. He who has rent my fetters in twain. And we'll go tonight, preach on this. But I want to sing this and I'm going to stand just a minute. And all I'm going to say to you is this. I've been to the altar about four or five times before I got here this morning after I got here. But if you've got something in your life, you're saved, you know the Lord. But there's some, you know, there's just some things seem like I'm just going to, I don't know what else to do, but ask him to change me. Amen. And you'd like to come and say, God, I want you to do some work in my heart. I want to be, I want you to sanctify me unto yourself. I want to be faithful to Christ and not be looking back at the world and the world stuff. I'm asking, I'm 70 years old. I've been preaching 41 years, almost 42. And I'm saying, God, I don't want to die like this. I want freedom from this junk. So let's stand as we sing it this morning. Van, would you come and lead this song, please? And I'm going to ask you to come and say, God, deliver me today. God, deliver me today. Sanctify me under yourself. God, give me a love, a love for you that I'll turn away from the world and it's glitter and things. Go ahead. Once I was bound by sin, golly's fetters, chained like a slave, I shoveled in vain.
church somewhere. Come on. God bless you, young man. God bless you, young man. Come on. Let the Holy Ghost have his way today. Come on. Let's make some dedications to commitment to Christ this morning. God, sanctify me. Lord, sanctify me. Set me apart in you. Would you come? with you this morning. I want God to sanctify Reg Kelly. A whole list of stuff in that song, I want God to deal with him. I'm saved, but I want to be, be a Christian. I want to be set apart out of love, not because I feel like I got to. So I'm gonna ask 10 men to come. I'm gonna kneel right here in front of this table and I'm gonna ask you to lay hands on me and say, God, answer this man's prayer. Do a work in his heart of sanctification of the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. 